Hey, before I get started, free Chase Young. Free the man. Let's hit that ad before I get started. Welcome back to another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right, don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourself. I am your host, Premobot of the Play Call Network, here to navigate you number one podcast listeners into the land of spicy. And I'm changing it up this week. Just when you got comfortable. We're not starting with yeah, fam or not, and I'm going to explain why a little bit after I go over likey, no likey, hate it. First up on likey, no likey, hate it, the likey goes to your dong. Alvarez winning Rookie of the Year, a unanimous selection, and you're damn right it should have been, too. In the less important league, the National League... Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. Pete Alonso won the NL Rookie of the Year. Not quite unanimous, got 29 out of 30 votes, but more importantly, go Strohs, go your dong. Um, another likey goes to uh, college basketball starting. Um, already with the top four teams playing, number one play number two, number three play number four, and we already saw number one Kentucky get upset by Evansville, of all people. <laughs> <laughs> A bonus is that the Ohio State Buckeyes played their first game on FS1. They did win, but I noticed that FS1 used the old NBA on NBC music. A big likey to that. Very much. And I do have one more. Um, a likey goes to um, Ohio State football's successfully executed surprise onside kick in their win against Maryland. Um, if you get a chance... Go look at the video. Uh, the kicker. So first of all, Ohio State special teams noticed, must have been in film, that Maryland leaves along the sidelines wide open for them to place a kick just beyond 10 yards. But what proceeded to happen is was incredible. The kicker kicked it kind of off the side of his foot, in air hit, Ohio State receiver in stride to recover an onside kick. Listen, you son of a bitch. Never seen anything like it, and my description's not doing it justice. What the fuck's your problem? So if you get a chance, big likey to that. Almost wish they saved it for another team. Speaking of that subject, a no likey goes to the Ohio State versus Penn State game on November 23rd being announced as a noon game. Fox is ruining shit with their big noon branding. I mean, please just switch to like big 3:30 or big big noon Pacific time. You're killing us with these. Ohio State will finish the season with all noon games except for the Rutgers game, including Wisconsin, Penn State, and Michigan. Congratulations, you played yourself. You hate to see it. All right, I hate it. I mean, you knew it was coming. I I hate being a goddamn Dallas Cowboys fan. I fucking hate it. 
It is exhausting. It's infuriating. The fact that this talented roster is 5-4 and four is mind-boggling. <laughs> the fact that their five wins are against trash teams and they've lost against any opponent that even matters <laughs> is atrocious. The fact that it seems like they don't watch any film takes years off my life. <laughs> Did you know that the Cowboys have outgained their opponent in three of their four losses? <laughs> like, it's so clearly the coaching this year. It's slapping everyone in the face but Jerry Jones. <laughs> and it's almost like Jerry Jones is backhanding every single one of us because he somehow... I'm convinced, knows he's fucking with us and causing us all health problems. <laughs> they keep spotting teams' leads by starting slow. They waste... This past weekend, they waste a phenomenal game from Dak Prescott. They force-fed Zeke while he was being contained. And then when you want them to force-feed Zeke, they pass three times in a set of downs. <laughs> Still, despite all that, the Cowboys had a chance to win. And Tavon Austin fielded a punt and calling a fair catch. And if you see the visual of the opening he had along the left side of the field, um, the Cowboys started that final drive at midfield. And Tavon Austin, I would have guessed, would have at least put him in field goal range. Just from his return alone. Congratulations. You played yourself. I am very convinced that Tavon Austin was told to fair catch that punt. A opening that you probably could have drove a school bus through. And then you had these awesome Dak dancing videos that I can't even enjoy because they lose to motherfucking Kirk Cousins and the sorry ass Vikings that somehow... The Cowboys are the only ones that didn't know would be giving the ball to Dalvin Cook. They are the only ones that know Kirk Cousins, without Adam Thielen, would just be dinking and dunking it down the field. What the hell is a week full of film worth if you can't even do the fucking obvious? If you can't even do what any schmo behind a microphone like your boy can... It's not that hard to know the Vikings strategy, no? Especially when they're when they're missing one of their best offensive weapons in Adam Thielen. Yet you still get carved up by fucking Kirk Cousins, a quarterback they used to you used to see twice a year. I am so sick and tired of dealing with this year in and year out. They're wasting a tremendous roster because they want to hang on to 10 years of mediocrity under Jason Garrett. It has to be better than this. Windows aren't open for long in the NFL. And they are wasting it. Fucking wasting it. And wasting our time. Getting our hopes up. Taking on this fucking roller coaster into a pile of shit. <laughs> Close your eyes. Here comes the free fall. Down into the fucking toilet. Okay, so I promised you a little change this week. I started, you know, making my notes 
what I wanted to discuss this week. And then I got to realize that my topics for Yeah, Fam, or Nah also coincide with my topics for You Played Yourself. So why not combine them? But before I get into that, let's have the Joker kick us off. So first up, the college football playoff rankings were updated, the second week of them being released, and after a big big week of college football and a shakeup, the new college football playoff scenarios are as follows. Previously number two, LSU moves up to number one after their big win against Alabama. Ohio State switched some spots, and they're at number two. Clemson, as a result of number three and four from last week losing, moves from five to three. Georgia, last week was at number six. It is now in the number four spot, followed by Alabama at number five, Oregon at number six, Utah at number seven, Minnesota at number eight. Um, Penn State, after their loss to Minnesota, drops to number nine, and Oklahoma rounds out the top ten. Huge wins, as I just mentioned, by LSU and Minnesota to vault them into the spotlight. Minnesota's victory over Penn State had made the Gophers rise nine spots from last week's number 17 ranking to all the way to number eight. It is the largest jump into the top 10 in the college football playoff era and the second biggest week-to-week jump in college football playoff rankings history. Um, worth noting, the other undefeated team, Baylor, checks in at number 13. They are the lowest-ranked Power 5 team at 9-0 and or better in the college football playoff era. So it's clear that the committee is not rewarding them for their week schedule. Congratulations, you played yourself. So ordinarily, I'd say, yeah, fam or not, right? To the rankings. But I got to thinking, the committee's out here really playing themselves. And then I couldn't just stand by and yeah, fam or not. I have to call people out. That's the name of this game. And the name of our team. That's Team Petty. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. So the college football playoff committee right now has Georgia at number four, right? Georgia's loss is to unranked South Carolina at home. No reason to lose. If we're going off of resume, then wouldn't Alabama's loss be better? They lost to your number one team? On what earth is Georgia's loss likely not the worst one out of the teams following? How are they number four? And how are you telling us that Alabama's worthy of number five? They had no resume before. And they're literally hanging their hat on a good loss? And likely not having a shot at at their conference title? They're one spot away from the playoff, the committee's telling you. All this committee's fucking doing is ranking teams how they want to and using whatever logic they can to confirm it, which is fine. I can get with that logic. I don't need advanced stats. You give me a hot take, I'm good with it. (laughs) But what are we talking about with Georgia here? thought we didn't reward shit losses. Me as an Ohio State fan should know. 
And no matter how close it was, it was a shit loss to lose to South Carolina at home. Quarterback wasn't injured. No key player was injured in that scenario. Then you have the committee putting all this value on Alabama's loss, of all things, when Minnesota has done nothing but win. Sure, they rose up a bunch of spots. But how are you going to justify Alabama being up there without Minnesota being above them? They have zero losses. They're a Power 5 school. Not only not only am I a nah to this week's rankings, but I'm a... Congratulations, you played yourself. ...to the College Football Playoff Committee. Luckily, they still have time to get it right. All right, next up, we head over to college basketball, and the news of recent has been centered around Memphis star freshman James Wiseman and his eligibility. So, Wiseman was declared ineligible by the NCAA this past Friday. Now, Wiseman has played since then because Memphis has been granted a temporary restraining order and are choosing to play Wiseman while they essentially throw up the middle finger at the NCAA. So the background is that Wiseman played under head coach Penny Hardaway at the AAU level, then at the high school level, and now at the college level as Penny has worked his way up in levels of coaching. Wiseman just happens to be following him where he goes. And... Hardaway reportedly helped Wiseman's family relocate to Memphis. It's rumored to be about a little over $11,000, $11,500. So the NCAA, probably by their letter of the law, is rightfully declaring Wiseman ineligible. So the NCAA declared Hardaway's helping of Wiseman relocate the $11,500 is grounds for ineligibility because Penny Hardaway, before, long before he was coaching for the Memphis Tigers, had donated a million dollars to the program. This was back in 2008 or so. That makes Penny a booster in their eyes. So with him helping Wiseman, that is against their rules of eligibility. So this saga continues but it appears that the Memphis Tigers are openly playing themselves by having Wiseman play while this process is ongoing. Um, they're within their rights to with this restraining order. However, they suffer potential consequences of having to vacate these if he was not supposed to be playing. And in a way, this is on you played yourself because Memphis are Mem- the Memphis Tigers are telling the NCAA that they played themselves and a big middle finger and fuck you to your suspension. Can't say I hate it. Can't say I hate throwing, flipping the bird at the NCAA. Enjoy this. Enjoy this moment. And have fun with it. All right, next up, main topic, Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers load management. Listen, you son of a bitch. What the fuck's your problem? Buzzword of Kawhi. 
So, we all know by now, Kawhi sat out against the Milwaukee Bucks, marking the second time in a week that he sat the first game of a nationally televised back-to-back as part of the aforementioned Clippers load management program. Um, In the Clippers' first eight games, Kawhi Leonard missed two of them on account of having back-to-backs. They were both the first leg of those back-to-backs. Um, I'm in general a big, uh, you played yourself to this concept. Like the concept of a professional athlete whose job it is to perform as a professional athlete. Doing something like load management is a slap in the face to the league, their marketability, and most of all the fans. So not that players need to care about this or if players are really hurt, I understand them sitting out. But if you're just resting from inciting a fucking injury from five months ago when you're a professional athlete and it should have been rehabbed like you're either hurt or you're not right so this professional athlete was gimping around in the nba playoffs i mean he's reigning nba champion right so he's gimping around the playoffs well how come all these other professional athletes use the offseason to recover and be ready for a rigorous nba season i will give you that but Kawhi Leonard all of a sudden has issues that prevent him from doing his fucking job. Like, could you fucking imagine? So I'm an employee. Hey, hey boss, I've worked back-to-back days this week. Think I need to sit today out. Load management. We good? Literally every boss besides Kawhi Leonard is going to say, Congratulations, you played yourself. You're either good to go or you're not. But if you're injured, tell us and sit out. Otherwise, the NBA has done plenty to make schedules pro-player. This whole league's fucking pro-player. And to say you're fucking sitting out for load management, managing fucking what? Your job? (laughs) That's literally, literally the definition of being an athlete or being in any professional is load management. That's your fucking job. So proponents of this want to cite, you know, he knows his own body, right? He's gonna. He's always gonna be somewhere hovering in the middle. He's always gonna have some. In that fucking case, he's always gonna be lame to me. Petty alert! Petty alert! Petty alert! Like, imagine these parents asking their kids for a day off because of load management. You know, like, like I'm tired of being mom or dad. You know. You know, kiddo. So I'm gonna take this day off. Load management. How's that sound? Like, this is supposed to be the fucking best player in basketball? This? A fucking load manager? Someone who needs his fucking load managed? (laughs) That's your best player? This is your king? Nah, see, your guy's favorite player sits out a quarter of the season for load management. My favorite player and the real best player had three triple doubles in a row past the age of 30. Yours could never. Fucking load management? Give me a fucking break. What a fucking concept. You have a fucking whole off-season to recover, to rest. And then you want to come to all these back-to-back games, nationally televised. You're playing the reigning MVP, regular season MVP in Giannis. You got fans coming from all over to see this matchup. You know, parents bringing their kids to see Kawhi Leonard. Maybe for the only time they will that season. Only 
to be told, oh, that your kid's favorite player decided that he's a little too tired from having to do his job, so he's he's just going to sit out. Oh, you mean he's hurt? No, 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 no. He just He's just managing his load. <laughs> like, managing a load is something you do when you're courtesy flushing, not when you're a fucking NBA basketball player. Do your fucking job. Missing a quarter of the season ain't no fucking courtesy flush. It's a fucking clog of the toilet. Fuck out of here. You want to you wanna tell me LeBron James isn't the best in the world? Listen, I disqualify your best player in the world if he's managing his load. Go fuck yourself. Manage that fucking load. Which brings me to my last You Played Yourself. And I don't even need to say this as a headline. But You Played Yourself NCAA once again. I said it at the top of this episode. Free Chase Young. Chase Young. Defensive end for Ohio State. Heisman candidate. Widely known as the best football prospect in next year's draft. Was suspended for... Receiving a loan from a family friend, which he used to fly his girlfriend out to the Rose Bowl. Um, Ohio State won the Rose Bowl last season, last postseason. Um, Chase Young accepted a loan from a family friend whom he's known since before his freshman year of college. He paid back said loan. Loan was used to get his, again, girlfriend to see him play in his biggest game of his life at that moment in time. So, the NCAA reportedly decides that Chase Young's going to be perhaps suspended four games. Um, four games takes Young to the end of the regular season. If the Buckeyes, without him, are somehow able to make it to the Big Ten Championship, he would then be eligible then. What, what exactly is the NCAA accomplishing here? Well, what... What law are we laying down? What law are we laying down when, from the same program, Urban Meyer played a part in covering up some domestic issues from a former assistant coach? Urban Meyer received three games for that very serious, very serious allegation, right? Um, Chase Young borrowed money from someone he knew pretty well, used it to fly his own girlfriend to see him play, then paid back the loan. But we're talking about ruining the rest of a young man's college career, right? Oh, and we're so conveniently doing it right after Chase Young has the biggest game of his career, um, starts to get a Heisman hype as a defensive end. True, true Heisman hype. Everybody's talking about him. And then... Some fucking lowlife gets probably caught wind of this story that he got a loan from a family friend and decided to run with it, right? That's what we're doing now? That's the type of assholes we're being, right? We just want to ruin kids' lives, right? And then the NCAA, right? We want to keep kids from transferring closer to their sick parents. We want to penalize kids for literally doing what anyone needs to do. Pretty much a life lesson we all need to know. At some point, everyone's going to need a loan, right? Pretty fair. So Chase Young paid back a loan, which is the idea of any loan, right? 
and we're penalizing the man for it? Never mind the fact that he literally had to take out a loan to fly a loved one to see him play. That's not enough. Oh, but but he's got a scholarship. Don't worry, right? That's what all you fuckers want to tell me, right? Congratulations. You played yourself. And now here we go. All these people that said a scholarship's enough. Now you have a kid who has to take out a goddamn fucking loan from a family friend just to fly someone he loves out to see him play. And now he's getting in trouble from it. What the, what the fuck's the point here from the NCAA? What are we trying to do? If we're just being villains and trying to ruin kids' careers, congratulations. You really did it. You're really fucking villains. You're really the shadiest motherfuckers around. You're succeeding. We got plenty of other examples from other conferences where people did similar things, got suspended for a game, conference stuck with it. That's plenty. And that probably is plenty. Because the idea is these, quote, amateur athletes, right? Because Chase Young isn't making the school and college football as a whole shit tons of money, right? But the guy who sees none of it has to take out a fucking loan from a friend just to get someone to see him play. How fucking backwards. And then because he does it and repays it like any real man or woman should, he gets in trouble. That's that's the news we're running with, guys. That's what we're fucking doing here. In summary, fuck the NCAA. And free Chase. Free the man. And Chase, if this holds up, I will speak for everyone because I have that petty energy when I say, go get your money in the NFL. The NCAA doesn't deserve you. They really don't. They don't deserve to make a penny off of you. All right. Let's wrap up with who you got and what you're feeling. And last week, I made a couple picks for some big football games. Of course, the two big college football games, number two, LSU, against number three, Alabama. Um, Alabama's favored by six and a half points at home. It was a recovered from injury Tua versus Heisman frontrunner Joe Burrow. Your boy went with the underdog in LSU, and I ended up being right. I am very proud of myself on this one. LSU won 46-41. They were up by as much as 20 at half. Um, Ohio's very own. Joey B balling out and starting to run away with the Heisman race. We love to see it. The other big college football game was, at the time, number four, Penn State versus, at the time, number 17, Minnesota. Both undefeated out of the Big Ten. Um, I went with Penn State along with, it seemed like, everyone. Um, but Minnesota shocked the world despite having a less than stellar previous resume. Beat the Nittany Lions 31-26. to um, It's important to note that Penn State's Big Ten chances and in general their playoff chances are not dead um, Penn State still controls their own destiny in regards to the Big Ten if they can knock off Ohio State in Columbus in a couple weeks they will have their shot at revenge in Indy likely against Minnesota over in the NFL I made my pick for the Monday Night Football matchup um, between the Seahawks and 49ers, a NFC West showdown. And also very proud of this one. I went with the Seahawks in an upset as the away team. Um, The Seahawks won in overtime in this one. But I will take it. I'll take two for three. 
and my one that was wrong being one most people were wrong about except for the state of Minnesota basically. This week another couple ranked versus ranked matchups. Um, first in the Big 12, number 10 Oklahoma travels to Waco to face number 13 Baylor. Baylor who is undefeated at 9 and 0. Um, Oklahoma is a 10-point favorite as a visiting team, um, and this will likely be a, if this continues, their trajectory, these two teams, will likely get a rematch of this either way in the Big 12 championship. Um, last week, Baylor survived a three-overtime game, um, and then Oklahoma's one loss, if you'll remember, came against Kansas State. Um, I am going to go with Oklahoma here. I think they're the better team. Um, it doesn't take away anything from Baylor's impressive season, though, so um, wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong here, but if I am wrong, look for Baylor to kind of cruise into the Big 12 championship. This would also probably shoot Baylor up in the rankings because they'd finally have a quality win. Um, over in the SEC, uh, number four Georgia travels to number 12 Auburn. Coming up, uh, Georgia open as two-and-a-half-point favorites as the road team. Um, And this is Georgia's pretty much their last tough test. They will likely represent the SEC East with a win at Auburn. Auburn is one of the top two-loss teams. Auburn is one of the top two-loss teams just behind number 11, Florida. Um, Auburn's two losses were against Florida and number one, Overall, LSU. Um, here I'm actually going with the upset, and and the home team. Um, I like Auburn playing spoiler here, and partly because I would love to see it. As for an NFL matchup, it's about time I included them. Uh, they're legit and have a true MVP candidate. Uh, the Ravens are at home versus the six and three and AFC South leading Houston Texans. Baltimore open as four-point favorites. Uh, they are, of course, coming off huge wins against New England and a dominating win against the Bengals. Not hard to do, but they sure as hell look good, scoring seven touchdowns. Uh, the Texans have a one-game lead in the AFC South, an AFC South that's really competitive. Uh, the worst team is the four and five Jags. However, in this one, Lamar Jackson has been the truth this year. I'm going with the Ravens. This is a tremendous QB matchup, Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson. Um, But I'm just not sure how the Texans can contain Lamar. And as for what I'm feeling, it's got to be getting to go to Mexico to celebrate a really close friend's wedding. Love to hear it. You love to see it, especially be in the warm sun and poolside with very tropical drinks. And was welcomed back into the States with snow. So you played yourself. You hate to see that. As for my too much sense this week, the advice you didn't ask for, but I'm going to give you anyway. Um, This week is about not being too hard on yourself. So we have a tendency to be our own worst critics. It's a good thing. It makes us demand a lot of ourselves. Makes us achieve great things. However, there's a point where being too tough on yourself becomes debilitating. In that sense, if you are unable to stop being down on yourself, please seek people that make you feel better. There's a fine line between motivating yourself and 
injuring yourself. And we all too often see people get too hard on themselves to the point where what they were so hard on themselves for isn't the focus anymore. Now the focus is just putting oneself down. And at that point, we're literally just being unproductive and not getting further away from whatever goal we were at. So, for example, if I have a task at hand and I'm not doing great at it and I'm focusing on being hard on myself, I'm literally making myself feel worse. And not only that, I am straying farther and further away from completing said task at hand. So my too much sense for this week is to not be so hard on yourself that it becomes debilitating. And with that, wraps up another edition of the number one podcast in your headphones, Prime Brulee. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. You're the number one podcast listener, so you already know. But please, educate the people. You know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe, tell a friend to tell a friend, and please check out all of our other incredible podcasts by the Play Call Network. And we'll talk to you next time.